When you're smiling. Hey, you. Bubbly sparkling water is crisp, refreshing, and perfect for any occasion. Kind of like my voice, but in a can. No calories, no sweeteners, all smiles. Bubbly. Crack a smile. Hello. Hey, how you doing, Meg? Good. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you for joining us today. I do yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Anytime. Uh, first, I'm going to go on ahead and introduce the show, and then from there, we'll go on ahead, and you can also introduce yourself to everybody, too. Okay, sounds good. All right. Hello, movie lovers, and welcome to the show. For today's podcast, I have Meg from Wonder Meg, her YouTube channel, and go on ahead and tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Hi, guys. My name is Megan. Um, I have a YouTube channel called Wonder Meg. Uh, I collect Funko Pops, uh, comic books. I mean, you name it. I'm also part of the Release the Snyder Cut movement. So that's me. All right. And for today, we're talking about the Wonder Woman uh, movie that came out in 2017. This was actually one of my favorite movies that came out within the DC universe and everything. And I have to say, Gal Gadot definitely does a really good job carrying the role for Wonder Woman. I really like the fact that we, she was actually perceived well with Diane. And it's also the very first time we actually got to see Wonder Woman on the big screen for the very first time. And I've also liked the fact that with the origin story that we got and about how it was actually introduced, how they actually ended up telling us about Ares and about Zeus and have the Greek mythology in there. I thought that was actually a per- perfect way of actually telling an origin story. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. Uh I would say it's probably ranked number three for me in the DC universe. Um, but yeah, I, I love how well perceived she was as well, especially uh, when she was first announced as Wonder Woman. There was a lot of people that were like not for it because of the way she looked, you know, her boobs weren't big enough, whatever. Uh, but I feel like she definitely now she owns that role for sure. I totally agree. I thought the best way to actually introduce her was into the Batman versus Super movie, Man movie as well. Mm-hmm. And just that Wonder Woman theme song, which is fantastic. I guess you amped up and oh, yeah. ended up recognizing, hey, look, that's Wonder Woman. I love her sass, though. Her sass is the biggest thing that I love. When uh, Doomsday knocks her down, mm-hmm. she has that smirk on her face. I'm like, yeah, that's Wonder Woman. Yeah, even the way she interacts with like Bruce when he's like, uh, they're talking about the sword, uh, and she's all like, "Oh, you've never known a woman like me." I'm just like, "Yes, that's the sass. That's the attitude. I love the confidence." Exactly, and that's exactly what we were looking for from a Wonder Woman character mm-hmm. as well. Yes, and I love whenever he's. You know how Bruce is. Bruce is like all knowing. Yeah. yeah, that that sword belongs to da 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 da, and then she's like. Eh, it's a fake <laughs> yeah exactly she's like ah, i've seen the real one so it's all good right. yeah i thought that was actually perfect Me too. and with wonder woman i'm a big fan of uh greek mythology and mm-hmm. also world war ii history as well so for them to blend that into a world war ii type film and also put in the greek mythology spin on it i thought it was very good and then chris pine in it he really did a good job as steve yeah and you know, I really thought he did a really good job as the American soldier who's spying on the Nazis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, Chris Pine was perfect as Steve Trevor. I'm really excited to see him come back because I feel like we didn't get to see... I mean, he was in most of the movie, but it's like you just wanted to see more of him as well. 
Exactly, because he wasn't just a background character or anything like that, and that's what something that I was scared of too. Like mm-hmm. he was just going to be in the background for just a little bit, and it's just going to be. Don't get me wrong; it's a Wonder Woman movie, but I wanted if you're going to throw in a love interest into it, he needs to be out front and center with Diane. Yeah, so, especially for her origin, you can't have Wonder Woman without Steve Trevor for sure. Exactly, and I have to say, my favorite scene whenever he winds up getting on the island on Wonder Woman Island. That's what I call it. <laughs> but, <laughs> and my favorite part is like when he's in the uh, in the water and everything and he's bathing and then he gets out and she goes, what's this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she's pointing to the watch. It's not what we think it is that she's actually pointing to. Mm-hmm. And I love the fact that, you know, she doesn't understand us. She's trying to she's actually trying to fit in to the way that we actually think and the way we actually work and she's trying to find her place mm-hmm. in the world that we actually live in it's kind of yeah. like Thor in a certain sense but I like how it doesn't actually uh, it's not like Thor at all at the same time Yeah, but I like how she's actually trying just to fit in and ask questions and find out what we're actually thinking of as a society yeah and yeah, the the time period also is very important because you know, it's a time period where women don't really have many rights. So she's thrown into this world of man during World War One, where, you know, women are very naive and it shows, you know, her uh, journey through that, where she comes to London, she's told no, 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 over and over and over again. <laughs> um, and then she finally just has to take a stand. She's like, no, this is what I have to do. Um, you don't have to join me, but uh, that's what I'm here for. And she kills Ares, so that's cool. <laughs> right. And you see, that's another thing, too, that I liked was, like, when they were the, the general and everybody was having that meeting. Yeah. And, you know, and no woman was allowed. Yeah, in that they were meeting. so offended that she was a woman. <laughs> right. And, you know, it's like, no, you can't, you can't say that to Why? I just did, pretty much. Yeah. I just... <laughs> <laughs> and it just goes to show you the kahunas that she has and everything you know she wasn't going to take no for an answer and that's what i love about her i love diane's character for that yeah i i love uh, i just love the um the way they made her human especially like um during the no man's land scene where right. she stopped by the mother and the child and they're like saying how they're taking the villagers as slaves they have nothing to eat or drink and it shows her compassion to where she has to take a stand she has to make a decision and that's what i love about wonder woman is that she always she makes a decision no matter if she thinks i mean she does what she thinks is right um even if people that she's close with like steve is like no we can't do this right now like we have to keep going she says, no, screw that. I'm going to do what I think is right. Exactly. And th- another thing, too, is, you know, it's actually named No Man's Land. I love the fact that she's a woman and she's in No Man's Land. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love the subtle, and- like, the subtleness of uh, certain points in that movie, especially when, like, they're on the boat leaving the mascara uh, and she's like, he's like, oh, no man's been ever been able to do this or whatever. And she's like, uh, well, I'm the man that can. Like, it's not right. like overly like, you know, you know how. Sp- yeah, um, but it's just like that little like she, oh, she doesn't care if she's a man or a woman. She's gonna get it done. 
no matter what. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the bunker scene, when she gets out of the bunker and everything, she's like, okay, I had enough of this. These men are not doing anything. Yep. They need somebody to follow mm-hmm. to where they're not afraid. And she just goes on ahead. And I have goosebumps just watching that scene oh, and I watching know. the bullets fly. Um, I just rewatched it recently and everything for this, mm-hmm. too. And it still holds up. That's one scene still gives me goosebumps to this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Uh... I remember I went and saw the movie the because they do early screenings on Thursday. So I went and saw it with my mom and like there's a, a whole theater full of, I mean, there was all types of people, but like mostly women and seeing that for the first time, like, cause I, I tried to stay away from like spoilers for it or like um, leaks for it. And like the no man's land scene is was the most impactful definitely like everyone was cheering there were people crying I mean I definitely probably shed a tear too so it is definitely an emotional impact Mm -hmm. and everything with that scene you know because number one you have the woman crying Mm -hmm. like you mentioned and you know Diane wants to do something for that woman but she also has to try and take care of uh the stuff that's actually going on within the war itself at the same time mm-hmm. and the only way to actually take care of that and also take care of that woman is also to take down the nazis that are causing this havoc upon everybody <clears throat> yeah it's uh definitely the birth of wonder woman the scene she takes her cloak off she puts her tiara mm-hmm. on and she's just ready to go and uh, that's definitely a turning point for her where she's like all right i this is the hero i'm gonna be i have to stand up for the innocence i have to protect people that can't you know protect themselves like she says and um, I'm very excited to see how they'll uh, work that into Wonder Woman 84. Because, you know, at the end of, uh, well, BVS, she says that, you know, she stepped away from mankind for a century or whatever. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be pretty cool. Right. And then not only that, but it also follows up with Justice League as well. Because yeah. I wonder if she fell away from mankind during that time or if she's still the same Diane that we actually know from World War One. Yeah, well, I, I'm thinking that at the end of VVS, she she has to, you know, it's kind of similar to... Are you... <laughs> Sorry about that. No, it's okay. I don't know what happened. I don't know either. Sometimes this thing acts kind of wonky every once in a while, so oh, okay. Okay. these things kind of happen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what I was saying. Uh, it's okay if you want to we can go on ahead and start back over or we can work it uh the way you were talking what we were talking about with no man's land and the way it was actually incorporated with <laughs> I, I remember i remember okay. it all right um I, it was uh at the end of you know bvs she has to decide whether uh she's gonna get off that plane and fight doomsday with superman and batman or if she's just gonna peace out and it really, I feel like, reflects no man's land in a way because she had to make a decision, uh, a pretty impactful decision both times as well. I agree with you on that as well because you can definitely tell that struggle within because that whole mm-hmm. entire scene where she's on the air. Mm-hmm. You know, and I could definitely tell that she was actually struggling about you know, humankind, if I should go on ahead and give humankind another chance again, especially whenever humankind actually disappointed me the first go-around. Yeah, and she has to decide whether, you know, all right, if I do this, then I'm going to be a hero again. Like, I'm going to 
step out of whatever shadow she was in with stepping away last time and you know she's gonna be up there with batman and superman and she has to make that choice again exactly and another thing though that i want to talk about is my other favorite scene is the part with the secretary where she goes well what are you i'm a secretary well what's that oh (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i I, uh get his meals for him i pretty much do everything and she's like oh that sounds like slavery which (laughs) it's funny because you know she comes from a uh an island full of like these can i swear on here or no yeah you can Okay, of these badass like women warriors who, who all you know, they don't have jobs. All they all they do all day is just beat each other up and train for, really who knows what. But and then she has to go into you know a World War Two era uh, climate where women. I mean, the jobs they have are what like their moms or their secretaries. You know, right. So she's like. I, it's it's so funny just to see and like that na- uh, nativity of it is like she doesn't know what this is like she do- she doesn't understand why men and women are equal in that way. Exactly, and that's why I liked about that too was the fact that like I said before, she's trying to understand us, mm-hmm. and, and she's learning as she's going. You know, and yeah. it's like the more that she finds out how we actually do things, it's like okay, I don't like how this is being done yeah on that level mm-hmm. i don't and there's some things i like but there's also some things i don't like so there's pros and cons with the society that we actually live in mm-hmm. yeah she's trying to figure out and that's something that i really liked about that yeah the one thing i really enjoyed about that movie was the humor wasn't like forced and it wasn't over the top it was like perfectly placed in these little like very relatable ways um like when Diana is trying on different outfits and um, she's walking past the mannequin that has the corset on it. And she asks um, Etta like, Oh, what is this? What armor is in your country or your whatever. And she's like, Oh no, let's hold our tummies in. And Diana is so confused. She's like, why would you need to hold your tummy in? Like, what's the point? And Etta was like, Oh, that's someone with that has no tummy would say that and it's it's funny it's very relatable in that way and uh the humor is just i think it's perfectly placed i agree with you the humor is really good it's not forced at all Mm -hmm. it's it's very even though it's kind of like sort of like one-liners here and there Mm -hmm. the one-liners to me actually shows the light in diane and i really have to say that's actually what is wonder woman she's the light to the darkness of our world and our society and she actually brings that level of light to yeah. us yes i definitely agree and uh another thing too that i actually really liked is i like the villain with the doctor i thought that she was very menacing with oh, the way that yeah. she was doing the mustard gas mm-hmm. that was really good placement and then also too the general that she thought was actually aries that was actually pretty uh was pretty cool even though the doctor was even though Ares was pretty much just the puppet master pulling the strings on the both of them Mm -hmm. and everything I thought that was actually pretty cool yeah I love how Diana had to struggle to figure out like how do I find a villain 
how do I find Aries? I don't know what he looks like. I don't know who he is. He could take any form. And I like how it wasn't just, oh, yep, General Ludendorff, that's Aries. I like how she has to go through Dr. Poison. She has to go through General Ludendorff. And then she finally, when she, I mean, she kills him, General Ludendorff, when she kills him, she sees like, oh my God, these people aren't stopping. Like, what what did, did I do something wrong? Like, are they really, are people really just bad people? Like, she's been told her whole life, like, Aries manipulates people, plays on their uh, goodwill. And then she figures out, like, oh, yeah, I mean, he, he's definitely still here. Um, I mean, a lot of people don't like the third act of Wonder Woman, but, I mean, I love it. I love, I wish maybe the Aries battle would have been a, a little bit longer or the reveal might have been a little bit different, but I really had no problem. I didn't have a problem with the third act at all. I do agree, though. I wish that the battle would have lasted a lot longer. It just seems like when it comes down to uh, villains and even uh, just normal in normal films, they kill off their villains right away. It's like, okay, I used to remember when a, a villain scene would actually take at least 20 minutes to actually do a whole entire complete scene. Now it just seems like it's cut and paste kind of thing. Yeah. Because I wanted to see more from that battle. Oh, yeah. And and also was a great tip of the hat the way that they used Ares for Injustice because that was actually the Injustice uh, armor and everything that they, that they used for Ares. Yeah. And I was just fanboying. I remember <laughs> just, I just remember just fanboying and yelling at the screen and shoving popcorn in my face because yeah. I was just excited about it. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, I remember seeing, you know, Wonder Woman fight Doomsday and it was cool, but like, I just wanted to see like just wonder woman fighting because you know she's like the warrior of the group she's the most skilled like physical fighter uh like hand-to-hand combat i mean i i would say out of the trinity she's the most ferocious and um i i kept thinking like oh my god it would be so cool just to see wonder woman just like lassoing and punching and and then when we saw it in wonder woman i was like oh my god this is awesome i just wish it would have lasted longer (laughs) I agree, because that's what I wanted to see too. Because don't get me wrong, I, I like the Doomsday fight, just like you said, but I oh, wanted yeah. like a one-on-one fight. Yeah, what, which what? it's Doomsday, so I mean, I don't think she could take him one-on-one, but no, no. that's what but I'm talking about the Ares fight. Right, and that's why I love the Ares fight so much. It's like mm-hmm. these two, go- a god and a goddess fighting, fighting against each other. Yeah, yeah, it was sick. And- and then I like that when Ares goes, well, look around you. Look what's going on around you. Mm-hmm. They're, still, they're still tearing each other down. Yeah. You didn't do nothing. You, you didn't do anything to stop anything. Look. Yeah. And that part also gave me goosebumps, too, whenever they're fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She, because, she, I mean, she just went through killing General Ludendorff and Steve Trevor telling her, like, you know, it, it's not Aries, like, people have their own free will, and people are choosing it to do, like, horrible things with, you can't stop them, and then she has Aries telling her the same thing, and she's, I, I love how you can see that conflict, she's like, what do I do, like, who do I believe, but, I mean, in the end, she makes the right choice, but I think uh, what I love most about the Aries fight is that 
she has to use these powers that she doesn't really even understand still and she's trying to figure out like all right well how am i going to defeat the literal god of war exactly and it's like she's like like you said she doesn't understand her powers yet or anything like that mm-hmm. and we even saw that at the transition of the first act where you know and when she's being trained mm-hmm. and she bangs her uh wrist together yeah and all of a sudden she knocks the soldier off um the horse and everything i thought that was actually perfect mm-hmm. because it shows that she's still trying to adapt on to who she is mm-hmm. yeah i agree she's still learning and i mean even and it's so cool to see like she starts out you know in wonder woman and then you see her in bvs and it's like you just want to see what happens in between that because right. in bvs she's so skilled you know she's like when she uh punches doomsday like he actually like falls back and when she slices him he actually affects him i would love to see kind of well we are going to see hopefully um what what's going to happen in between then and then in bvs you see what i'm i'm thinking about wonder woman 1984 i actually did a speculation piece oh yeah on the on the podcast and everything i'm thinking that the way that bringing in steve is probably Zeus probably gave uh, Diane Steve back as a reward for fighting uh, Ares, and yeah. and then her lassoing the lightning bolt and everything is Zeus and her working together. Yeah, that I mean that would be sick. I personally think um, in the trailer uh, Maxwell Lord has uh, it's the stone of something in his hand, and it. I think it's going to grant whoever, you know, holds it or wields it, whatever they want. So Minerva wants to be uh, like Wonder Woman. She wants to be like powerful, but it comes at a cost. So she becomes a villain instead of a hero. And Maxwell Lord, I mean, he wants to be an all powerful dude. He kind of reminds me of like a a politician in a way. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what he is in some comics. Um, I can definitely see that connection. And I think Wonder Woman, Diana, she's going to wish for Steve Trevor back and it's going to come at a cost. I think he, I think she's going to lose something in order to get him, whether that be like her powers or her armor or something. I don't know. Right. Because I love the cause and the effect of of Wonder Woman too, though. It shows conflict with, with herself, but not only that, but it also shows the repercussions of what happens later on yeah like how um she saved the village of veld um in wonder woman and then that's the one that ludendorff bombs with the gas so there's i mean definitely she put a target on that village um if she wouldn't have saved them maybe some of them would have been alive who knows but there's i love that cause and effect like you said me too and it just shows the suffering because she actually suffered Mm-hmm. Uh, when she saw those people die and all those people she saved and the people that she was interacting with the relationships that she had in that mm-hmm. building and that just tore me up and everything is seeing her like that yeah and that's what i love about the dc films is that they you, most of them always show that cause and effect like there's always a price to pay for doing the right thing like superman sacrifices his life to save 
the whole world from doomsday um you know he saves everyone but then he dies wonder woman she saves the village but then they end up dying anyways so right and i think it's also to show like her vulnerability and not only that but also to show that you know there is death and there is suffering and she mm-hmm. learned about suffering when she never knew what suffering actually was yeah and it shows that it's inevitable really like she she does what she can but she can't save everybody right and that's what i like too yeah she has these superpowers and everything but at the same time at the end of the day you know she can't save everyone like you mentioned yeah and uh i think that you know this movie was actually one of my favorite movies from dc you know and i'm a I'm a Marvel fanboy, but I'm also a DC fanboy. Yeah. You know? I like both. I'm not yeah. one of those people that is strictly just DC. I love both. Yeah. And I feel like they actually have a good slate going right now. Yeah, I mean, I've enjoyed the DC universe since its inception. So, um, I mean, there are certain things, choices that they do that I, I don't really know if I agree with just yet uh i didn't like justice league mostly because i am a pretty big Zack snyder fan so seeing what they kind of did to his uh vision was upsetting and hopefully you know we get to see it soon but for the most part there's not really any dc movies that i dislike i feel like from the start they've been pretty spot on um I would probably say my least favorite would be maybe, well, probably Justice League, but like Suicide Squad down there. Again, that one was messed with too. So I feel like when they don't mess with the movies, they're amazing, like out of the park. Exactly. And that's how I feel too. And I feel, I didn't like what they did with Justice League as well. Yeah. I didn't like the fact that Joss Whedon came in and made Batman a joke because Batman is my favorite character. Yeah. And I'm like, no, this is not Avengers. This is not, this is a dark character that you're messing with. Yeah. And that's kind of, I always liked the contrast between the DC and the Marvel universes is that Marvel is something that you can just sit down, enjoy, have a laugh. They look nice for the most part, you know. Um, they have the their serious movies and they also have like their jokey ones. But I, I just love that contrast between the two is DC, their heroes are very serious. Like, yeah, like the Flash, he's pretty, he's a jokey guy. But, right. you know, the I love the darkness of the DC universe. Like we were saying, the cause and effect. There's always right. that cause and effect in the universe. And that's what I like too. You know, I love the Flash and he has that little bit of likeness like Diane does. Same thing with yeah. Superman as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I love the villains. The villains in the DC world is just really oh, great. Amazing, yeah. And I love the layers that they give each character for the DC University world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love how they care about their alter egos too. Um the the you can really see the difference between Superman and Clark Kent in the way they carry themselves. Uh, that's something that the DC universe I feel like gets spot on. I mean, we haven't really got to see that with Diana too much, um, but uh, like with Bruce Wayne as well, like you see Bruce when he, you know, is uh, 
being Bruce Wayne and then you see him as Batman is just like I love how they definitely show that difference sometimes in Marvel I feel like they don't do that enough um I like the distinction between the hero and then the human I do too it shows the human side and it also shows the superhuman side of things Mm -hmm. and that's something that I really enjoy as well the balance between the two yeah and like um with Superman it when he's Clark Kent, he's still working on Superman stuff, but he like he's finding out all these clues and all these um, little pieces of information that if he was dressed up as Superman, there'd be no way that he would be able to sneak around and find this stuff. Most definitely. And Batman has to do a lot more preparation work and stuff like that, too. Yeah, he can't. He doesn't have the X-ray vision. He doesn't have anything. He's a human yeah. that's just using detective skills. Yeah, with tech, and that's yep. something that I really like. And uh, another thing too is my Joker is actually my other favorite character, though that's part of the villains mm-hmm. part. And then Clayface is another one that I wish they, that they would actually bring Clayface into. That would be really cool. Because I'm surprised that we're seeing Cheetah. I never thought in a million years that we would ever see Cheetah. Same. That that made me geek out even more. Yeah. Because Cheetah is one of those characters that's very complex. Yes. Yeah. She's very character driven. And she even has her own thing of self-doubt when she's alone. Where yeah. she's trying to struggle with her evil side, but also trying uh also struggle with that good side as well it just uh-huh. seems like the evil side has actually took over a little bit more yeah i feel like she i i just love the um the relationship between her and diana how she definitely aspires to be like diana and is very jealous and then when she finally gets it her like main thought is how do i destroy her Right, it's like, okay, now I have these powers. Now I can go ahead and take yeah. her down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And an- another thing, too, is I don't know if you saw the controversy with the poster for Cheetah. Which was oh. just a few- uh, Which one? The Just the very trippy 1980s. Oh. Yeah. Of- There's people that think that, like, color is the enemy sometimes uh, right. but you have to remember it's the 80s it's just the way they're marketing the movie I mean right. even Patty said that it's not going to be like a cliche 80s movie she's taking her favorite decade putting her favorite hero in it I mean she even hit on there's going to be talks of the um, AIDS crisis in the movie I mean it's going to be very serious it's not going to be gimmicky it's just that's how they're going that's just how they're marketing it is very bright colorful I mean she's wearing full gold outfit i don't know how it can't not be flashy exactly and not only that but well it was like well that's not cheetah i said that's because i said wouldn't it be kind of odd for her to look like cheetah in a world that we live in yeah she would have to do what aries did to try and fit in to make it look like that she's human when she really isn't human yeah Mm -hmm. and she also has to try and fool diane so there's that. Yeah, I mean, and plus they're not going to show the full get up like right away. I mean, that's something that they've have been teasing for quite a bit. I mean, I know there was like a leak of like this weird picture that I saw 
I don't know if it was true or not, but it's like she ends up looking like Cheetah. I mean, I even have the full Wonder Woman 84 Funko set, and she definitely looks like a Cheetah, and it's definitely badass. Oh, sweet. You see, I didn't get to see any of those pictures or whatever because, you know, I'm like you. I don't try and get set photos. Yeah. Because it because I like to be surprised in some areas mm-hmm. and everything. I used to be really guilty about looking at set photos and I'm like, you know what? This stuff is just not doing it. It's, take, it's taking out of context. Yeah. Back in the full context. So Yeah, I, do, I hate set leak pictures, for sure. Um, I don't know if you remember the Shazam set leak pictures where it showed like, everyone was like, oh my god, that suit looks horrible. The muscle suit looks so bad and it's just like it's just something i would have rather had seen like in an official released image i agree uh i fully on agree with you because i remember the backlash that they actually they got with changed that. the boots and everything because people are like oh my god that looks like crap <laughs> and i'm like you know the special effects hasn't even been added to this yet and you're already talking shit yeah exactly yep i'm like do you guys ever just just pump the brakes and be like, okay, this is what they're giving us, so let's go with it? I, don't get me wrong. I was critical towards the look of the Walking Phoenix Joker whenever it first got out and everything with the makeup. But yeah. then I'm like, I let it manorate a little bit because that's what I do sometimes. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a step back, collect my thoughts. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so this is what they're giving us. Walking Phoenix is a great actor. Yeah. So you know what, I'm going to wait and see what a trailer looks like before I actually judge something. Yeah, and you know, we're not the ones that, um, I don't know, get paid to make those decisions. So we aren't, obviously, I mean, I don't think I would be the best fit for any of those positions. Um, But these people are just putting out a director's vision. So... um, it's i mean it could be different from my vision your vision whatever but you have to respect that creative process and think like some people didn't like lex luther uh um i'm sorry jesse eisenberg is lex luther but you have to remember that like okay well i mean you're not gonna like everything about a movie no and it's not your vision yeah granted they're putting it out to make money and if people don't like it they're you know not gonna spend money to see it but at the end of the day it's someone's vision it's someone's i don't know creative artistic freedom to do that so like i remember seeing the joker picture i and at first i was like oh yeah that's gonna be cool um i wasn't 100 percent sold on the makeup just because you know we're so used to seeing like i don't know heath ledger's version of like the runny makeup and but once you saw the movie you know it made sense to why you know the lines are so sharp or um it's dripping on one side like it makes sense so i agree a lot of people just judge stuff before they actually see the movie exactly and you know like i mentioned with the joker makeup i was like okay this might take me out of the movie but then like i said you have to collect your thoughts and just think and everything i'm like okay if this is what they're giving us this is what they're giving us and like yeah. I said with Jesse Eisenberg, you're not going to like everything that a movie offers you mm-hmm. and everything. And I feel like Jesse Eisenberg's Luther was actually pretty good for the most part. Yeah. Even even though it was like Lex, Lex's son, 
But mm-hmm. still, it was pretty decent for what he did, what he had to get, uh, what he had to do to get done. Yeah, I mean, I I I enjoyed. I mean, there's not really anything I don't like about BVS, to be honest. Um, but I mean, so many people like say, "Oh, I need a hundred percent comic accuracy," but I feel like, to me personally, that's kind of boring because if I already read the comic book, I already know everything about that story i don't lots of things in comics can't really translate that well to screen so i like i like that difference in all right um let's make lex jesse eisenberg who you wouldn't really expect to be lex luther um you know first of all he has a full head of hair but you know at the end of the movie you see it shaved off and right. he's not a very big buff guy he doesn't seem like a charismatic type of dude um but i don't know i feel like it it contrasts well with clark's uh, i'm sorry henry's superman i agree with you uh, 110% on everything that you just mentioned <laughs> you know? because here's the thing with me i don't want a complete rehash of a comic book or anything like that and plus the job of the director is to make the best movie that he can possible. It's not mm-hmm. about him trying to make a a comic book accuracy movie. Yeah. His job is to make the best movie possible and hopefully people will love it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and you know, I don't like stuff that's rehashed. I don't like stuff that I'm just going to be flipping the pages to a comic book whenever I can, you know what I'm saying? If I can read it, what's the point of me going to the movie to go see it? yeah and like there's there's nothing wrong with like doing certain homages to a comic book like certain panels or whatever but i i just feel like if you're if you're paying to see a movie i want to see a movie not just a comic book on screen exactly and you know i like the batman versus superman extended cut over the theatrical cut i felt like it's a whole lot more smoother Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, because there's certain things that they cut out, and it's just like, why are you cutting this out? It's like the executives were like the minions and just decided, you know what, we're just going to run all over the place and everything and cut this, cut that, whenever it was just Snyder's vision that they cut. Yeah. Yeah, they do that a lot, especially, I mean, even with Birds of Prey, Kathy Ann, she had... uh, quite a bit i mean i don't know quite a bit i would say uh, a few scenes of hers that were either totally redone or cut out of the movie um so they definitely warner brothers definitely has that uh that rap with them where it's like all right well you will give you the money to make this movie but if if we don't like it we're gonna cut it all up and you know people you know people the average viewer isn't gonna be like oh well this movie sucks. It must have been because the studio did this. They're going to 100% blame it on the director. Exactly. Or Brent blame it on the cast members. Yeah. And yeah. Stuff like that. And we're the only ones that in, are inside this thing and knows exactly what's kind of what's going on. Yeah, you know? definitely. I feel like not, I mean, your average Joe off the street's not really going to know. I mean, we'll just, I can use um, the Snyder Cut, for example, people see that hashtag and they're like oh why release a movie that was already put out or whatever and they don't actually know kind of um the movie that they saw in theater wasn't the one that we were promised or intended and the one that he wasn't envisioned on giving us yeah exactly so uh you know it's it's definitely 
Warner Brothers has that rap with them, like I said, where it's like they just they like to cut and cut and cut. I mean, and even in Wonder Woman, uh, they didn't want uh, to have the No Man's Land scene in there. And Patty Jenkins had to fight for that to be in the movie. And then it turns out to be the best part of the movie from, you know, lots of people say that No Man's Land is the best scene of Wonder Woman. So it's like there's i feel like there's definitely people that um are in charge or they they don't have i I mean it's all opinion based you know so i feel like there's definitely or there was definitely people at warner brothers that wanted the dc universe to be like the marvel universe but i don't think that's possible because like we said earlier like the mar the dc and marvel heroes are just so different they are. They're very different. And you can't do what they did with Marvel that you can do with DC. Yeah. I mean, it's in the same way where people want uh, Henry Cavill's Superman just to be like Christopher Reeve's Superman. And it's like, that's almost insulting to Henry because it's like Henry puts on a great uh, performance as Superman and a lot of people uh, say that Henry brought them back to the being a fan of Superman and uh you can sometimes there's you can only catch that magic once like christopher reeve was an amazing superman for sure but i feel like they hit gold with him and he does that version of superman perfectly like i mean they even tried to redo it with brendan rouse and it didn't work at all no No one went and saw that movie um so it's (laughs) like i remember i remember the joke it's like seeing superman lifting see yeah a truck yeah it's just like it it makes no sense i wish warner brothers would like realize that the nostalgic fans or the uh fans that want haha funny jokes i mean they're gonna bash dc movies anyways i mean that's kind of like the in thing to do you know right another thing too that i want to mention too as well is you know, I feel I feel like the um the company Warner Brothers doesn't have faith in their directors. Oh uh, yeah. That, yeah. That's a sad thing. The only one that I can say that they actually do have faith in is James Wan because of the fact James worked with Warner Brothers over the years. When you look yeah. at the Conjuring franchise and what he did with that mm-hmm. over the years and he, they know that he's going to knock it out of the park, but it's not fair to like women in the industry who has to fight for their vision. And I don't feel like women has to fight for their vision. They need to go on. They should have the same faith in uh, in the men that they actually have than they do the women as well. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you on that. I feel like they, I feel like they saw how much money that I mean, Man of, I mean, the first few DC movies made more than the first few Marvel movies for sure. I mean, in different time periods, um, but. I I feel like they wanted to strike gold like real quick. Like they were very disappointed that BVS didn't make a billion dollars. Well, that's only the second movie in your franchise. I mean, granted it is Batman and Superman, like the two biggest superheroes ever. Um, you can't, I, f- I feel like they just wanted instant victory right away. And so, I mean, Wonder Woman, I mean, they they're making hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars but it just doesn't seem good enough for them i mean no aquaman made a billion dollars and they announced like the second movie like 
almost a week later, I think, and then they announced a trench movie, and then they announced James Wan is going to do Mortal Kombat for Warner Brothers, and it's just like it it's very telling kind of of what they care about or what they did care about at the time. Right. And you see, I love the idea of them doing a trenches movie because I oh, love yeah. everything out of the new 52. The new mm-hmm. 52 is just awesome for Aquaman. Yeah. Yeah, my but, boyfriend's a big Aquaman fan, so he he tells me all the good stories. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 is a good series to get into is the new 52. Um then another thing too that I really have to say that I liked about Man of Steel was, you know, the struggle like Diane had to go through. Yeah. With Henry and everything. And him trying to fit into society as well with those superpowers that he has. Yeah, and I mean, he's a guy from another world coming down and he has to try to fit in and he can't tell people like kind of what he's going through and he gets made fun of, he gets bullied um, and he has to decide like, okay, is the way people treating me going to make or break who I am? Because if I'm going to react in a negative way, that has a pretty big impact on the world. Um, but luckily, you know, Superman is who he is and he chooses to just make, let it make him stronger. And, um, you know, there's so many people that, I mean, in the movie that don't understand, like, especially in BVS, they treat him like he's a monster or a freak or whatever, but he still chooses to save them regardless. And not only that, but it also shows like this godlike man. Yeah. And I'm sure if we saw a guy flying around in the sky and everything, we would be freaked out as well. Yeah. And that's what I like that Zach does with um, Batman, Superman, um, is that he shows what it would actually be like today. Like if there was a super powered man that shot lasers out of his eyes and, um, I mean, people would react so negatively. They would treat him like, I mean, they would either treat him like he's God, like they do in the movie, or they would treat him like, you know, you don't belong here. Get out of here. We don't want you. Or, they would want, you know, the government to try to regulate him in some way. Right. I could actually see, as a matter of fact, I was going to make that point too. That's actually a good call on your part yeah, <laughs> about thanks. the government probably regulating him and everything. So that's actually a good move on your part though. I like that. Whole well, I mean, they tried to do that in BVS where the uh, right. Senator Finch has him in there and they're trying to hold him responsible for, you know, things that he was not really, you know, he didn't really do anything wrong. He was just trying to save Lois. And uh, I, I just think that definitely if Superman was around today, he would be a very polarizing, uh, very polarizing person. Most definitely. And another thing I want to mention too is if you remember the subway scene with Zod, mm-hmm. and I've always said this, I've always said this about villains. The most dangerous villains are the ones who think that they're they're doing the best for them yeah and everything and it's that vision of of the best for their for their people whenever it's really not you're destroying everything so your people can live and meanwhile everybody else is gonna die yeah and Zod told superman from the get-go i'm gonna kill everybody you love mm-hmm. so the only way that you're gonna end up beating me is pretty much you have to kill me yeah yeah and, and- 
the um I feel like once he has to come to terms with having to kill Zod, like when they are um when Zod's got his laser eyes on that family, I feel like once he snaps Zod's neck, he's he made a pretty big choice in like who he is. Like he ha that's the last of his kind almost. I mean there's Feora and uh Kara eventually, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um but he kills the last of his kind. Like it's the first person that he met that's like him and he puts humans above him. Um and he, you know, cries and screams and I feel like he he made that decision but it was already made for him you know like he wants to protect these people and he'll do whatever he can exactly and that's what i liked about it too mm-hmm. was the pain and suffering that uh, superman had to go through because he didn't want to uh, crack his neck or anything like that he wanted he wanted to save zod yeah from his own self mm-hmm. and his own self wound up destroying himself because of that yeah you know mm-hmm. and you know, everybody was like, well, I don't like the way that, that's not the Superman I know. I was like, he had no choice in the matter. You had two super people, superhuman powers with the same abilities. Yeah. And so what did you expect? Well, and my thing is like, people are like, oh, Superman doesn't kill, Batman doesn't kill, whatever. But even in the movies that they praise, like the Richard Donner movies, Superman 2, um superman kills general zod as well i mean right and he has he's wearing a smile when he does it like it's not <laughs> it's not grounded at all it's a very like i don't know just it was right it kind of felt like superman was like a douchebag kind of thing yeah okay yeah it, right. it didn't feel like it really made any type of impact on clark as a person or superman as a person but in man of steel it definitely like he had to do it like and it affected him exactly and i like that human side that they actually brought to him Mm -hmm. yeah and and that we didn't get to see before don't get me wrong we got like the clumsy clark and stuff like that from christopher reeves which i love christopher reeves he'll always be my superman same thing with henry cavill yeah same but you know, we didn't actually get the layers to Superman the way that we needed to get mm-hmm. that in the films that we're getting now. Yeah. Compared to the 1970s. And that's something that I really have to say that we're actually getting is better writing. The layers to each character is just written out better. Yeah. And, you know. Yeah, they're, a, they're a person now and, like, they're not a gimmick. Like, I, I love Christopher Reeve Superman, like you said, but um that take on the character especially now is very gimmicky and i feel like um now they're actually writing them as like you know actual people um and not just i don't know a gimmick like i i love those movies for sure it was the first time i was ever introduced to superman and i feel like there's um i mean not all of it's gimmicky for sure but it's just um I much prefer the takes now. <laughs> Same here as well. And, you know, I love the 1988 Batman movie. Oh, me too. Uh, that's my favorite. My, Michael Keaton's my favorite Batman, as well as Christian Bale uh-huh. and Ben Affleck. Yeah. Those are my three Batmans. Yeah. But 
when you're looking at it at the end of the day with as far as the Tim Burton stuff goes, that's like the closest that you can actually get to a 1960s uh, Batman TV show, if yeah. you think about it. Mm-hmm. With a bing, pow, boom type of thing where Batman's hitting somebody and the bing, pow, boom is coming out of <laughs> coming out of their hitting them. But, you know, that's just how I feel about it, you know, but I really have to say they actually gave, gave characters a lot more charismatic things to do yeah and actually feel like a human yeah i agree but uh as far as suicide squad goes i i i bought bought it on blu-ray i saw the movie twice at the movie theaters because i wanted yeah because i was like okay i went into some speculations and everything i'm like okay that's not how i was perceived that it was going to be i need to go back and rewatch it again yeah, and see if I actually feel the same way that I did the first time, and then the second viewing and everything, I felt like it was too choppy, where we didn't actually had a good pace going or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I wish that they would have actually gave um, the Joker a lot more screen time than what they give. And even whenever we got the extended cut, usually when you do an extended cut, it it actually expands the the scenes, expands the movie, and enhances your experience. Yeah. But with this, I didn't really feel like that enhanced anything. Yeah, I mean, I saw, I remember seeing Suicide Squad in the theater. And I mean, I feel like you owe, you're, when you ever go to a theater, you're usually going to come out of a movie and think, oh, yeah, it was a good movie. But it definitely takes a few extra viewings. Um, I mean, there's definitely parts of that movie that I love. Pretty much any time the Joker's on screen, I love it. Um, anytime Deadshot's on the screen, I loved it. Um, it's just the villain in the movie. I mean, like David Ayer has been a little bit more active in what he's been saying about what it was supposed to be. And I would have loved to have seen, because Steppenwolf was supposed to make an appearance and uh, Enchantress, that's who she's like channeling is Steppenwolf. And uh, Steppenwolf and the Joker are like the big villains in that movie. Well, they were supposed to. And uh, like, I, it just goes back to Warner Brothers just messing everything up but but no I mean there's definitely parts that I love I'm I'm very glad that we were able to get Marco Robbie out of Suicide Squad Um, she's like perfect for Harley Quinn 100% I agree with you I wish we would have been able to like you said see more Jared Leto's Joker because I mean a lot of people don't like him I think he was awesome I thought it brought like an extra like it'd be boring if every performance of the Joker was the same. I feel like he definitely right. brings like that gangster type of mob boss version to the Joker. Um, and he's very unsettling to be around. Like in the scenes that we did see, I was very unsettled every time he was on screen. I'm, I was the same way too. I, every single time that I saw him, I'm like, okay, what's he going to do now? Yeah. Kind of thing. And I thought he did a very, very good job for what he had to do and everything as far as the uh, look of the Joker and stuff like that. I thought he did really good. And everybody yeah. who plays the Joker does their own thing. I mean, there's different transitions of the Joker that you can actually do. Yeah. Different carnations. And one of my, I wish I would have actually kept this in the scene where it's like, I can't wait to show you my toys. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wanted that scene to be in there. And even in the extended cut, it's not in there. Yeah. Yeah, I was so disappointed. I I agree. I feel like Suicide Squad was just like a very 
like there's parts of it like I said that are really good but I feel like it just was a movie that maybe didn't have to like if it wasn't gonna get put out in its original form I feel like it should have just never really been put out right exactly because like I said it's all about trusting your directors to get the best vision that you can for your studio yeah, I mean, David Ayer, he's an amazing director. He makes very good movies. I don't understand why they they pick these people. And you, I mean, DC does a very good job of picking very well-known directors. And they, they all have a very distinct style. So I, I just don't understand why, okay, you're going to pick Zack Snyder, David Ayer, James Wan to give you a vision... And, I mean, you let James Wan do it. I mean, I think there was some stuff cut out of Aquaman, too. I mean, there probably was. Um, But you choose them to do these movies knowing that they have a certain style or a certain uh, way that they're going to make the movie. I mean, obviously, they approved the script and everything. Why, why do they just keep doing this over and over again? Like, cutting up the movie and, I mean, right. literally replacing whole directors. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't. And I'm hoping that, you know, the directors will actually fight them. Yeah. On their vision instead of saying, okay, well, you're the executive. Uh, I'll let you go on here and do what you want with my movie. Yeah, I feel like there's definitely, I mean, everything that Zach does on Vero, I always think is like a protest against Warner Brothers. (laughs) Um, I mean, he, he puts that stuff out for fans to, you know, see what his vision is and what we're fighting for. But I also think it's like he puts it out there to be like, hey, this is what the people wanted. Look at their reaction type thing. Um, and that's kind of what David Ayer does, too. He tells us, like, what his plan was. And everyone's like, oh, my God, that's so cool. Why did they do that? I agree. Definitely and- a protest. <laughs> Definitely. And I think I don't think that James Wan's gonna have that problem. Yeah, I don't think so either. But I mean he gave him a billion dollar movie, so (laughs) Right. Well he gave Disney a uh, the billion the billion dollar movies with Guardians Volume One and Two. Yeah, yeah. But they also know with the Belko experiment. Oh, I I thought you meant James Wan, I'm sorry. (laughs) No, James Gunn. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. I uh it's uh, that's a very odd choice. I mean, I don't personally really like James Gunn's movies, so right. I it was very odd to me that they had David Ayer, like they didn't maybe offer it. I don't know if they offered it to him or not. I know that they offered him Gotham City Siren. Wait, no, they offered him both, and he had to pick either one, and he picked Gotham City Sirens. But I mean, that movie, who knows what's going to happen with that? So it's, exactly, it's just. I don't know if James Gunn was a good pick. I, I don't know. I'm iffy as well, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because of the fact that he's all about bringing in the cheesiness yeah. of something. And I felt like Guardians actually gives you that cheesiness that James Wan is actually good at. Yeah. But with this, it's kind of outside his warehouse a little bit. Yeah. I uh, I don't know how I, f- I just I don't know how I feel about it. It's very strange. But I am excited that we are getting King Shark and on the screen for the first time, besides on a smaller screen. <laughs> yeah, that is that's very cool. Doesn't it have Polka Dot Man in it too? Yeah, it's got Polka Dot Man in it. 
and a couple of other characters from the original Suicide Squad. Yeah. So I thought that was actually pretty cool. That would be interesting. And definitely. But is there anything else that you wanted to point out with Wonder Woman or anything like that? Or... No, I feel like we hit on quite a bit. I do too. <laughs> this has been a really good episode, though. I do appreciate you being on. Yeah, no problem. It's a lot of fun. I love, I mean, any excuse to sit down and talk about my favorite superhero. <laughs> We're going to have to do this again. Yeah, like, for sure. It's been really good. Um, where can everybody reach you at? Um, well, you can find me on YouTube, uh, and my username is WonderMeg. Um, I'm on Twitter. Um, my uh, name is at ya, Y-A underscore girl Meg. Um, you can follow me there. Um, I'm on Vero. If you, I mean, not a lot of people have Vero, but uh, if you have Vero, my name is WonderMeg. Um, that's pretty much my favorite social media platform. So, Okay. And, of course, everybody can check me out on Twitter at John DiGregorio and also at Movie Lovers Unite. TV Lovers Unite. You can also check me out on Instagram at John DiGregorio85. And then you can also check me out at on Instagram at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite and on Facebook at Movie Lovers TV Lovers Unite. And until next time, bye-bye. All right. Thanks. Yeah, hey, no problem. That's a lot of fun. I, uh, I've never used Anchor before, so that's pretty cool. It is. Um, I'll I'll go on ahead and I'll put everything together and I'll let you know when it's up. All right. Sounds good. Let me know. I'll retweet it. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. Have a good night.